you know, we have been looking at this story, this story that was so beautiful told and sang to, beautifully told and sang this morning. We have been listening to this story and considering this story the last few weeks. Two weeks ago, we, we listened to this story and we asked the question, what? What happened? And we talked about a census and a journey, a baby's birth and a big announcement. Last week, we listened again to the same story and investigated, asking the question, when? This happened in in those days, and this was a specific time in redemptive history, just as these days are a specific time in redemptive history. This morning, we again listened to this same story, and we, we asked the question this morning, who? So we'll look at seven people or groups or characters in this story and talk about them. The first character is Caesar Augustus. He was born in 63 BC and he was the great nephew and adopted heir of Julius Caesar. His birth name was Octavian and upon being declared emperor by the Senate in 27 BC, he became known as Augustus. Caesar Augustus, because after Julius Caesar, the name Caesar became the dynastic name of all Roman emperors for the next century or so. So the word Caesar became synonymous with ruler or Kaiser or czar or king or lord. Caesar Augustus was seen as he sought to be lord, ruler, king. His census was an effort to gather information about the extent of his reign. And he was giving decrees that would secure and sustain his reign. Caesar Augustus sought to be Lord. Can you relate to Caesar Augustus? Do you ever seek to or act as if you are Lord, ruler, or king, perhaps even just of your own life? Is that a position that you grasp and hold on to, or is that a position that you give to someone else? The second character that we look at is Joseph. Now, Joseph was born, we're told, he was from the line of David. And that was very significant when you think about some Old Testament prophecy. We read in 2 Samuel chapter 7, verse 13 and following, that the Lord declares, this is the Lord talking to King David, and he says, The Lord declares to you that the Lord himself will establish a house for you. When your days are over and you rest with your ancestors, I will rise up, raise up your offspring to succeed you, your own flesh and blood, and I will establish his kingdom. He is the one who will build a house for my name, and I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. So to be in the line of David is to be in the line where there's going to be a king one day that will establish a reign that will last Forever. So most of what we know about Joseph comes actually from Matthew's account in Matthew 1, verse 19 and following. And in this account, let me find my way to it. Um, 
It says this, Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace. He had in mind to divorce her quietly. So we learn that Joseph knows the law. He's abiding by the law, and he, he knows how to administer or follow the law or play it out in life in a kind way as he plans to divorce her quietly and not make a big deal of it. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him, and he took Mary home as his wife. So Joseph follows the law, he's, he's kind, he, when you think about it, God, through this messenger, invites Joseph to turn his life upside down, and Joseph followed the Lord. Can you relate to Joseph? Has God ever invited you to follow him and turn your life upside down? Did you? When I, I think about my own life, there was years ago where I, um, my belief, my hope, my desire was that following Jesus meant that earthly things were going to go well and, and get better and better and life would be easier and easier as I followed Jesus. And, and I'm coming to realize as I study scripture and as I live life in a broken world that often following the Lord's invitation to follow him is, is stepping you into a difficult road here on earth. It involves difficulty. But what I realize in the midst of that difficult path that it's incredibly worth it. From an earthly perspective, Joseph was wrecking his life, but from a heavenly perspective, he was doing one of the most important earthly things ever done. I wonder for each of us the ways that God is in this very moment or in this season of life, how he is inviting you to follow him and how doing so is going to turn some parts of your life upside down. I hope that in those moments that we would follow the Lord as Joseph did. The third character we look at is Mary. Many scholars conclude that she was also in the ancestral line of David. She was brought up in Nazareth and she was likely a teenager when she was betrothed to Joseph. Betrothal in that time, um, as we learned this morning, was like being engaged, and um, it lasted around a year. Mary responds then in this incredible way to the angel's announcement. 
We'll read about it in Luke's account in chapter 1, where the angel comes to Mary. God sent Gabriel to Nazareth, to the town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. And Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great, and he will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be? Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin. And the angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come on you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. God, through this messenger, he brings Mary news of the blessing that her life is about to be turned upside down. And Mary received the Lord. Has God ever blessed you with news that your life was about to be turned upside down for his glory? You know, in a much smaller way, I suppose, anytime parents learn that they are going to have a baby, that's news that their life is going to be turned upside down, hopefully for the glory of God as we raise our children to know him. I also want to point out here and just pause on this fact that Mary, being likely a teenager, God moved into uh, the life of a teenager and gave Mary this incredible role. That's the kind of way that God works, and, he, and he's not changing. So as he works then, he works today, and teenagers, students, God can do incredible things through you. I want you to hear this, to, to see what God did through a teenager, to, to see what he called a teenager into, and to see your life as God could do amazing things through you with your siblings, through you with your parents, through you with your peers at school. God is wanting to work in the lives of, of teenagers. The fourth uh, character that we examine is the shepherds. These lowly, simple, uneducated bunch watching the flocks at night. Completely undeservedly, they receive the most spectacular message that has ever been given. The sight and the message of the angels. This great company of angels. God, through these messengers, delivers a spectacular news this un to these unsuspecting and undeserving shepherds. The shepherds experienced the Lord. Have you ever been blessed with this undeserved presence or re revelation from the Lord? 
when I think about it, we, we worship a God who is ready and willing to reveal himself regardless of who you are. The fifth character that we look at in this story is the angels. The word angel from both the Hebrew and Greek words in means messenger. It's always understood, if not clearly stated in the context, that this messenger is one of the heavenly beings or heavenly host. In general, the work of angels is to execute God's universal will in heaven and on earth. And according to scripture, an angel of the Lord brought important messages to Abraham and to Sarah, to Balaam and Gideon and David and Elijah. An angel of the Lord brought Judgment after David's census and judgment on Sennacherib's army and judgment on Ahab's army. An angel of the Lord may bring blessing or judgment. Psalm 34, 7 says that an angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him and delivers them. Angels are fantastic spiritual beings that move freely between the spiritual realm and the heavenly realm. They are messengers of the Lord. Angels are sent by the Lord. Can you relate? Have you ever been sent by the Lord to deliver a message? Are you delivering that message? The sixth character that we examine is Jesus. We see in verse 11 what the angels declare about this Jesus to be born. They say, today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. So this tells us four very significant things about Jesus First, he was born in the town of David. And since he was born in the town of David during this census, that means he was from the line of David. And we remember what we heard about the line of David. Remember, according to 2 Samuel, there's there's a king that will come that will begin this everlasting reign from the line of David. We read in Isaiah as well, Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6, For unto us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, of the greatness of his government and peace. There will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. So this baby that is born in the line of David, this baby who is the Savior, Savior means deliverer. And every time, every other time in the, in the New Testament that this word is used, this is talking about not just a deliverer, but, but the deliverer that will deliver his people from spiritual death to spiritual life. This very specific deliverer is the Messiah, the anointed one. Christ, which means Christos, which is the, the Greek word here for Messiah, The Old Testament points to this Messiah continuous times, speaking of this specific deliverer. 
In Isaiah 11, we read of the deliverer that would come from the line of David. In chapters 40 through 43 of Isaiah, it's the Lord will rescue his people through a mighty deliverer. If we continue to look in Isaiah 49 through 53, you'd read about the servant of the Lord who will deliver his people. In Psalms and Daniel, we read that the Messiah's throne will be anointed and eternal. In Isaiah 9, the deliverer will bring light, will be a light in Galilee. In Isaiah 61, the deliverer will heal the brokenhearted. In Psalms and Zechariah, the deliverer will be called king. In Psalm 82, the deliverer would bring, would be praised by little children. So this baby will be born in the town of David, a savior who is the Messiah, who is the Lord, Kairos, master, Kairos, master, ruler, king, Lord. So Caesar tried to be Lord, and Joseph followed the Lord, and Mary received the Lord, and the shepherds experienced the Lord, and the angels were sent by the Lord, and Jesus is the Lord. This is an amazing story, and it makes us, I hope it makes us want to read the rest of the story and find out what did this baby grow up to do, and as we read this story and follow this Lord... We learn some amazing things. I want to look for a moment at the seventh character in this story, and that is you. Verse 10, we read that the angels declared, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. That's you and me. So who are you? If you do go on to read what this baby went on to do, what this Savior went on to do, how the Messiah delivered his people, if you go on to read and believe in that and place your faith in Jesus and follow after him, then I want to tell you who you are as you place faith in Jesus. You are adopted as God's child. You have been justified you have been united with the Lord. You are one with him in spirit. You are redeemed and forgiven. You are free from condemnation. You are salt and light of the earth. You are the branch of the true vine. You are the minister of reconciliation. You are seated with Christ in the right at, at you are seated with Christ in the heavenly realm. You are God's temple, God's co-worker, God's workmanship. That's who you are as you place faith in Jesus. And that's all possible because Jesus is Lord. He is God with us. He came to earth and he's coming again. Let's pray.